Well, it's not bye week for Oregon. It's work week, according to Dan Lanning. So what are they working on right now? Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. We got my man Ryan Winner today, perhaps the most popular guest amongst the fans that we've got here at Locked On Ducks. He's at SportsChat503 on Twitter. And on YouTube, Brian, let's get right into it. It's work week, according to Dan Lanning. Oregon is 5-0. and The defense is allowing, I think, negative 18 points per game. The offense is averaging about 700 per. What's Oregon working on right now? Yeah, the surface of the sun temperature, it's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think Oregon, you know, they're always looking for something and coaches are always going to look for something. You know, I, I you, you, you have to find, you know, the, with a little bit of fine tooth comb. To, to find stuff, but you're going to find stuff. And this is a good week to do it. I think they need to get a little healthy. Uh, guys are always dinged up by this point of the year. No, you know, nobody's always 100% after the first couple of weeks. Uh, but I just love their defense, man. That's the thing we were talking about all offseason was whether the defense would take those steps, whether the defense would be faster, you know, sideline to sideline, whether they would not let those big gainers in the middle and have the field wide open for those crossing patterns. All those kind of things have kind of come to fruition. We said this earlier this summer that we thought the defense would be a lot faster. You're moving guys from safety down to linebacker, and you're bringing in guys who are really able to play on day one. I've really been impressed with guys like Blake Purchase, Tatum Tuoti. Those guys have been bringing the noise as true freshmen. So I just am really impressed with the defense. Always something to work on offensively as well. Offenses look very creative, but there's always something to work on, and they're going to find some. I think defensively, let's start there. The area improvement you would look at if you if you look at all five weeks of games holistically is the penalties, right? I mean, that's been the biggest problem. But here's the thing, Ryan. Week two, 124 penalty yards on the road against Texas Tech. Who, granted, is better with a higher caliber of player and athletes than, than Stanford has right now? Last week against the Cardinal on the road, tricky to kind of get up for that road environment i've talked about that a a good amount here on the show just 20 penalty yards total that's in three weeks a 104 yard reduction in uh, penalty yards it turns out your defense performs better when you aren't handing the other team first downs but i mean Aside from continuing to hammer in, hey, we can't have these penalties, we can't do this, and we saw Kyrie Jackson's ball skills improve dramatically from week two to you know week four, for instance, against Colorado. Like, what 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 else do you see? Like, what else could you ask for defensively from the Ducks right now? Well, I think you still need to get the pressure on the quarterback. You know, you've gotten pressure from the front front four, which has been great. I think you still need to keep working on that. But, you know, exotic pressures, you know, you got to bring pressure from a lot of different places. Dan Lanning's known for this, bringing safeties up, bringing outside backers up um, and, 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 and working somehow with your uh, linebacker core. 
to put pressure on as well. I think Jeffrey Bossa through the middle. You know, Evan Williams last week looked really good, right? Uh, he's so fast. He's so, so fast. He, he's 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 really fast. Super fast. And that little spot where you can kind of go behind the line a little bit and hide just for that split second. No one sees you, and then all of a sudden you're right on the quarterback's face. So I'm just really impressed with the defense. That was the one question mark we had going into this year. We thought the offense would be good. We didn't know exactly what the offense was going to be, but I like what the offense is. I not again recency bias. I would say it's better than the Kenny Dillingham offense, but I do think it's something that they've taken chances. I've looked at it variety of different ways. I really love how they have a lot of misdirection going on. Uh, they have options going either way. Uh, they'll take uh, two guys, the guard and the tackle, and they'll both pull them left, and then they'll run right. Uh, they'll t- they'll they'll pull them left, and they'll make all the action go to the right, but then they'll throw bow to the left behind the pulling guard and tackle just interesting stuff like that so i'm just really excited for the offense but i was really impressed with the defense you talk about the ball skills for the dbs i do think that's a really important one because it's so quick to be able to get a flag from being sloppy on the edges and if you just play the man and then play the ball i think it's a hell of a lot better than these guys that just play the man right through the guy i mean you said you know, first week or two, we had those couple penalties where the guy didn't even look back at the ball, just hit the guy and just played the guy, the man, not the ball. And I think Dan Lanning came out right away and said, hey, we need to work on that. We'll work on that. They clean those things up. You're moving forward. You're going to get a lot of opportunities against Washington. So you better strap it up. Yeah. I mean, the secondary has been so impressive and uh, Washington is probably their biggest test. I think that's second, seconded by uh, USC. I love the mug there, Ryan. That let, show, show that up to the people on YouTube. Look at that. Look, oh, that's awesome. For those listening on podcasts, it's a apple green Oregon mug. There's a cartoon puddles with his hands up in the air. And then it says shout with the toga toga on and everything. Oh, that's outstanding. That is an excellent. This is why we bring Ryan on, man. You just can't, you just can't get that from, from a regular guest, but Ryan is uh, nothing if not abnormal in, in the best way possible. Of course, love being abnormal. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. the that's the only way, way that's the what only way to, to be you not, need to send me your address and i'll send you one of these there, there's not a single first of all i'll take you up on that second of all there's not a single okay. thing about me that anyone would describe as as normal okay my love of golf is not normal my love of the ducks is not is yeah, not but normal. normal in the sense that you're over the top <laughs> unnormal normal yeah. is like liking it at a hundred percent you're abnormal because you like it at 110 no that's exactly right that's 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 exactly right so you used to be normal you just turned it up a notch i think i have in the last uh you know couple of years or so uh, i'm not that far away from being officially two years on locked on ducks that'll be two months though that's that's like end that's like towards that'll be uh, in between the end of the regular season and bowl season hopefully that's uh uh, a happy, awesome. happy time. It's just kind of a, just, just kind of a thought, and I appreciate you, man. And right. um, anyway, so bringing it back to to the football here, I think you have to continue to dial in the penalties thing. You know, we we, we had some roughing the passers against Colorado, against Texas Tech. Those haven't materialized uh, r- really much since then. Defensive holding hasn't been there. Pass interference, it, like everything has come down. It's just continued to improve. I almost feel like Ryan. There's more to work on offensively than there is defensively based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, the defense hasn't, the starters haven't allowed a touchdown since the third quarter of Texas Tech. Pretty good. That was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away known as Lubbock, Texas. I mean, I, I think that's actually, as I say it out loud, I think that is what you'd have to look at is like, yeah, I think the offense has got more to work on than the defense. 
Yeah, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but is Tatooine the one that's like the... Uh, that's the desert planet with the two suns, yeah. That might be as close to Lubbock as you're going to get <laughs> in the United States. Uh, <laughs> you know, the idea that you're going to have, yeah, this defense shut teams out, I think is going to be great. I think uh, the Colorado game, especially after seeing USC, right? You know, when you see the USC Colorado, you're like, that's the same team that Oregon is playing completely yeah. shut out. You feel so, a lot better about it. A lot better. And I, I really like the idea that Oregon's just a vastly improved defense from last year. And last year they barely lost to Washington at home. So, you know, let's 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 run this thing back. And I said it right after that game in Autzen Stadium, depressed, kicked in the gut, whatever. I said, wait, I can't wait till next year in Seattle. <laughs> and here we are. I know. We're we're 11 days away, and we're talking about that Washington game later in, in the show. But on that note, I think the biggest area for improvement is something that uh, Oregon did very well in that Washington game. You can up your fashion game and improve it with bird dogs, though, all the time because they make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts could even be adaptable for, for a big guy like Ryan. Like, they got everything that that you need and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and like giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but they fit way better and their versatility is probably their best quality you can wear them swimming hiking walking on a date evening out lounging around the house wherever you want you can wear your bird dog shorts so get, go get yours at birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a check at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order one of you wonderful Oregon fans out there did just that sent me a picture of said water bottle that's how you get a major shout out on the show that'll come here in just a moment that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you March Madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And, you know, a guy like me, now that we were getting the uh, second segment uh, sip there, guy like me, I I, I, I roll a double X. I'm a 40 uh, waist uh, size. You know, you know, we, we're thick. We don't skip leg day. So, you know, you need a little extra through the thighs for us because we, we might need to just get down into pass protection and just break it down for somebody <laughs> at a wedding. Yeah. Um, by the way, the special shout out for ordering that uh, that bird dog's uh, the bird dogs order with the water bottle. Uh, Simone Renee, hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Shout out to you, Simone. Uh, she tweeted out at me, and I was like, "That's a W right there. That is a major, major W." But stay hydrated. Going back to something Oregon did well in the Washington game a season ago that I actually still, you know, have the biggest question about it for the Ducks really on either side of the ball. Sure, you can ask other questions. Is the secondary good enough to go toe to toe with Washington? I mean, I don't know if anybody is in the country. Those guys are all. So, so good. They've got three NFL receivers and yeah. a, a really good college receiver as well, Jeremy Bernard. But Oregon ran the football really well. 
against Washington. And it's why I felt that we were going to win the game right up until we didn't, because we had like an eight minute clock bleeding drive that unfortunately didn't result in a touchdown and unfortunately resulted in Bonex getting hurt. But Oregon was able to run the ball at will in that game, Ryan. And I look at the Texas Tech game and say, okay, that's probably the best front seven Oregon has faced this year. And they struggled to run the football. It was their worst rushing output of the year. And you know, it's why I always say I think stats are a starting point, not an end point. And, and this is a Washington defense that, you know, is a little bit undersold because of how good the offense is. Right. But th- this is going to be, I, I think, a real test for the offensive line in the run blocking department. Pass blocking, I think they have the lowest pressure rate allowed or, or sack rate allowed in the country. Like they are somehow matching the standard that was put up a year ago, which is really, really impressive. And, and props to the big boys up front. But in the run blocking department, only against Texas Tech. In every other game, it's been really, really good. But Tech is the best front seven they have faced by far. And and, and we all saw it was a struggle to run the football. So I think that's probably the biggest area for growth right now for the Ducks, at least on offense. I would agree. And I think that you have to run the ball to beat Washington. Yes. You have to be so balanced against that attack. You're going to have to try to take possessions away from them. Uh, you're going to have to run that ball with that new clock with the, you know, the running clock. I, I think you're totally correct. I hope you guys are selling a lot of commercials. I know. I love that. I mean, oh, yeah, how good is never Chip, change, dude? never change, Chip, never, never, change, never change. He's absolute home run hitter. So, you know, the, the thing I think for Oregon is, is that Oregon's really dependent on being able to be balanced. And whereas Washington's willing to not be as balanced, they, they're they and, and I think that could be the difference. Uh, people were, I, I was just on my live stream. People were talking about it's defense. It's our, it's Oregon's defense versus their offense. And I agree with that, but I also think that, um, it's willing, the willingness for Oregon to be able to run the ball. You know, oftentimes when they, we used to play the Mike Leach offenses where they would run the ball or with, you know, 10% of the time, or I don't even know what the, they'd run it like 10 be. times a game. They'd throw Maybe, it 50 to 60, but they would gash you on it. You know, it would be like, it yeah. would be a third and six and they would get you on it or whatever the case may be. And so when you use it correctly, it's very, very, very useful. And the ducks, they just need to continue to use it so they can open up the passing lanes. I think Oregon can pass on these guys. And if Oregon can pass on these guys, then they'll be able to run the ball. I think they do naturally run the ball to set up the pass in this game. They might have to be able to run the ball, try to get that rolling. If they can start passing the ball, now they can really start to run the ball. And I think that's I think that's the the secret for Oregon. I, I think the biggest difference from the offense a year ago, it's a it's a subtle flip, but I think it's definitely been noticeable at this point. Last year it felt like Oregon wanted to run the ball first and foremost to set up the pass, and yes. Bo Nix was a high-end complimentary piece. This year, it feels like the offense is going a lot more through Bo Nix, and the run game is a complement of that. But as you said, it's definitely a team that wants to be balanced. We've seen that from landing each of the first two years, and I think that's a good thing. I think being able to have a drive, you know, like what almost was against Washington last year, or I think back to Cal in 2010, where Oregon took the final like nine minutes off the clock just running the football. Being able to do that is a valuable weapon to have in your arsenal. But on the flip side of things, you have to be able to, in today's world, throw the football down the field, short, long, middle, whatever. And Bo Nix can do that. You can ask him to throw the ball 30 to 40 times if it's what he's called upon, if it's what the flow of the game requires, and they can win. We saw that against Texas Tech. We saw that against Washington State last year as well. I think Bo Nix threw it over 40 times, completed a high percentage, went for over 400 yards and like five touchdowns. So 
I think having the ability to go both ways is, is just what puts Oregon at their best. And and it's not that every offense is like that. Washington doesn't need to be anywhere close to a 50-50 balance. They're like 75-25 yeah. pass to run, and they can do that, and that's fine. But it's not the strength of this Oregon team to be in that position. They can do it if they need to, but this Oregon offense is at its best when they have probably, you know, a 55-45 run-pass split either way. Right, And and I do think that there's also the unique element of out of the backfield, right? So when you use that running game, it's an extension of the running game, you're passing out of the backfield, you know, that's kind of a unique spot as well that I think Oregon is really, really good at. Um, Oregon, I think it, this year, the biggest difference between the Will Stein offense and the Kenny Dillingham offense, I've been saying this all summer, is I don't think Bo is going to run that much anymore. I think they're going to put him in the pocket more. The runs are going to be a design run, <clears throat> and it's going to work well. You're going to get a first down. You're going to use his legs still, of course. But it felt like last year, Bo was an extension of the running game himself. And it felt like you know he was a major part of that, where they would roll out and they'd roll option, let him tuck and go. This year, it feels like you're right. They're going through him. They want to see what his pre-snap reads are, where he wants to go with the football. He's very comfortable throwing to a variety of different receivers, to a variety of different lengths on the field. And, you know, that up and under little stuff where you can kind of fake one way and go up the other way is very effective at the college level. It's effective at the pro level as well. But when you get multiple receivers available at the same time, that's what I think is so powerful about Washington. Washington, it feels like when you look at their big picture, and again, it's hard to see it because you don't, everybody doesn't have the all 22 camera feed. But when you see everybody out there running for Washington, there's multiple people open. And if there's multiple people open, defenses have their head on a freaking swivel and they don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden you're going to get hit with a 10 yarder, a 20 yarder, a 30 yarder, and it's lights out. With Oregon, they've been so good. I mean, think of the Troy Franklin touchdowns that he got last week, right? He got the little screen pass where uh, Frank, uh, Terrence Ferguson was blocking for him. He got the big, long gainer across the middle where he cut. He got the one on the sideline, you know, or not all touchdowns, but big gains or whatever. And so he can hit you in a variety of ways. And that's just one guy. We're not talking about Tez Johnson that likes to catch the ball on a short pass and take it off and go with his speed guy. He was trying to hit Tez on the deep ball, missed him. He had him too. Remember right away. That was the one right in the first or second quarter there. So I think Oregon wants to take the top off the defense 100%. They don't want to get stuck in the running game at all, but their running game is so effective and they can break off some 20, 30, 40 yard gainers that it's going to naturally open up the passing game. Yeah. I think that the difference in your right about Bonix not running as much between the Dillingham and the Wilstein offense is Dillingham kept the tight end in to block and Bo was the other option exactly. on the run play. So you're not running just a straight dive that, you know, takes away the numbers advantage. Stein likes the RPO tight end or receiver in the flat yep. as the option rather than Bo running. And I like that because it, you know, still challenges the defense, you know, horizontally, but it also, I think, keeps Bo a, a little bit more well protected, and I I definitely like that. We ran the the USC play to Kenyon Sadiq, where you go two in the backfield yep. and you have split zone read, but then a flat as the triple option. Yep. I love that play. Well, even I'm, as simple as a, a a toss play instead of the option, right? Same type of yep. vibe. Everybody's blocking the same direction. Everybody's blocking down. Wide receivers are blocking out, and instead of running option and running the quarterback out, have him keep. Bo's already tossed it. Right. And he's just out there, and then the and then the the tight end can now be the extra blocker out there. So 
Yeah, I, I think that they're being very creative of trying to keep him upright, trying to keep him in the pocket. And I think Kalen DeBoer is doing the same thing with Mike Penix Jr. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Penix has never been a huge runner. He's had an injury history. And, you know, at Washington, he's being able to stay away from that because he's not running as much. He doesn't have to. They have a good offensive line, and they have a really good head coach, and they have a sharp offensive coordinator who will one day uh, be a head coach himself 100%. in uh, Ryan Grubb. We've got mailbag questions to answer. Nice. Ryan, I love Love the mailbag. Absolutely love it. I love FanDuel as well because they got everything you need. If you Oregon's a three-and-a-half-point dog at Washington. If you want to go hammer that in one way or the other, whether to cover for the fact that or the potential of Oregon losing and you want to have something good happen either way, maybe you want to do that. Or if you think the Ducks are going to win, you want to try and double down, go bet Oregon over there, minus three-and-a-half, or their uh, plus three-and-a-half, rather, against the Huskies as an underdog. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, kick off the NFL season and college football. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, Ryan, let's hit some mailbag questions. YouTube comments or Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks. If you want priority mailbag questions and a chance to talk with me one-on-one much more easily and consistently than social media and even more detailed thoughts than you get here on the show, go join locked on ducks uh, subtext community link in the description, wherever you're listening to or watching this show. This one from, I apologize, I don't usually do this, but I forgot to write down the name. Might have been a a subtext question. In fact, I think it was. Anyway, the person knows who sent in the question. Hey, Spencer, wondering if you have any concern about the team not coming together at the same time. Seems like the defense is a year or two behind the offense in terms of hitting their peak, but with the number of guys that are probably leaving the offense at the end of the year, it could flip next year. Thoughts? I think right now, like we talked about earlier, both units are playing at a really high level. And I think a level that is good enough to take them to where they want to go. It's just a matter of going out and executing on game days, winning games, getting a couple breaks here and there. I think looking ahead to next year, I definitely favored the defense over the offense because of what is an unknown with the quarterback situation. Whereas defensively, I look at the personnel they're going to have and I I feel really good about what Oregon's defense can be in, in 2024. I, I think Oregon's offense is always good. And I think that the next man up is going to be great. I think uh, I, I know, you know, you what you have right now with Bo Nix, you're not going to have next year with Ty Thompson, right? Or whoever comes in as the transfer, if, if, if you're going to have that route again. But even if you go with Ty, you, you, you think you're probably going to have a step back. But this Bo Nix is really good. Like uh, on the same level of as, as Herbert as a senior good, right? We, we get kind of lost in the fact that Herbert became the – rookie of the year but he wasn't as good necessarily in the college system because maybe our offensive coordinator and head coach was maybe holding him back just a little bit i don't know maybe some people have said that but my point being is, is some that, have suggested this bonix right now this quarterback this version of bonix is the best bonix we've ever seen this is yeah. the best quarterback he's ever been and he's rocketing up the draft charts. He's a guy who is a dependable. He makes the right decisions. He knows what he's doing. He's seen more snaps than anybody else in college uh, football as a quarterback, uh, as a starting quarterback. The guy is absolutely prime for this position right now. 
whether or not the defense is where it needs to be, I think the defense has taken major steps forward. Um, every year is a new year in college football. you got to replace almost everybody, it feels like. Next year, it does feel like this team's trending a little bit more defensive, leaning on the defense. That's a good thing because I think Oregon's always had a good offense. And I think you're going to constantly have a good offense here. You're going to have really good offensive players that want to play at Oregon. You're going to have good quarterbacks that want to play here. You've recruited some good quarterbacks. The guys that have come in look really good. The two guys that are coming in on the next class are look really good. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not worried at all about the offense. It's always been if the defense is good enough to play, that's the secret. Now, the big difference for me is what's the Big Ten going to offer versus the Pac-12, right? How is this team going to translate there? Mm, I'm terrified of that Iowa offense, man. I don't know how we're going to handle Indiana and Illinois. And I think they're going to translate very well. But I do think that there's going to be some adjustments here and there made, you know, whatever the case may be. I think Oregon, Washington is going to have something for that Big Ten, boy. I think Oregon, Washington, USC, all three of them, and UCLA to a lesser extent, are all going to play very well in the next in basketball and in football yeah i think in the big 10 i don't know about washington and basketball and oregon you know we'll see how this year uh, plays out of course but i i think in the big 10 for football you know with 18 teams i kind of separate them into three tiers tier one tier two tier three with six in each i think oregon washington usc are all tier one yeah. in the big 10 and the yeah. other three up there are ohio state michigan penn state yep. and then your tier twos are your wisconsin's right. your iowa's your you know, Michigan maybe UCLA, yeah, Michigan State every once in a while. Yeah, right. in a while. Um, yep. I, I think that's kind of where where Oregon fits in there, and I, I I think they're capable of being just fine on on both sides of the ball, pending what happens with the quarterback situation. So we'll see. Sure. Uh, this question from Peyton diving into Washington here: What are some ways you think Oregon can beat Washington? I know our defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to hold this Washington team under thirty. I think that depends on how well Oregon runs the ball. I mean, last year they allowed thirty seven with a defense that is not as good as this year's that was also at home but to me the road factor is not as significant as the improvements defensively so i think if oregon plays well defensively they can hold washington 27 points arizona just held them to 31 now granted that was in tucson that makes a difference but oregon's got a lot more talent than arizona so i think they can hold them in that sort of range if they play to their capabilities and you know maybe force a turnover or two a fumble wouldn't hurt and one interception of Penix I, I think they you know that's feasible they picked off Penix in, in the end zone last year um so if they can do that again I think they can hold him in there but I I mean there, there are a lot of different ways that landing and the staff could really go at attacking the, this game because how much can you lean on the running game like we were talking about like how good do they feel about it I know you've run it well each of the last three weeks against Hawaii, Colorado, and Stanford, I, I, I just can't get that Texas Tech game out of my head. Like, we had second and one, three chances to get a yard, came up empty with three different types of run uh, of run plays, and that was just the offensive line not being able to get a push. I think they've been better than they were, but, uh, man, what do you think? That's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a great question. That is a great question, and I love your commentary on the idea that maybe the Oregon's better – option defensively is their offense right so if they're if Oregon's offense is doing what they need to do that's could be the best defense against Washington's offense keeping them off the field and the, the classic idea of college football is that whoever can take the ball take the air out of the ball 
And, and, and if you can run the ball, you can run the clock. You can kind of maintain that. You can kind of control that. You can take away a lot of possessions, especially now that they have the rule changes with the clock. And I can see Washington kind of stressing about that and seeing possessions kind of click away, click away, click away with Oregon's style of offense. Now, Oregon's defense, I think they need to put a lot of pressure on Penix. I think that's the most obvious yep. thing, right? You, yep. need put, you need to push him off his spot. He's a great quarterback. He's still going to get his every once in a while. But you need to you need to create a little bit of separation with the timing, right? You need to create, create a little unbalance there. And I don't know. Because we they, saw what happens when you don't, right? You give oh, him all the time in the world, 400-plus oh, passing yards. Yeah, and, and I do think that everybody in the Pac-12 can play well out of the pocket, all those quarterbacks, I should say. Uh, but I think Penix wants to stay in the pocket yep. more than anybody. So if you can push him off his spot, you can you can create a little separation in the timing. I think that that could be the secret. And if you can do that with the front three and front four, so you can put everybody else in the back and cover and keep everything in front of you, I think that's the secret. You know, you got to control their running game, what little running game you have. You got to control their tight end play because they get some real good gashes on their tight end. And they also get the big first downs, you know, third and six sort of stuff. They go to their tight ends. And then you got to stop any of the runs leak out stuff, you know, because Penix can also get it first down every once in a while with his legs. So you got to co- control the little stuff, but big picture, you got to keep everything in front of you and you got to pressure the queue. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And, and I think offensively, you've got to be able to run the ball uh, at least a little bit. And you've got to be able to keep Bo Nix upright. You, you do those two things. Oregon's got all the tools to score with, with, with anybody in the conference, maybe anybody in, in the country, I think. So, uh, by, by the way, just as a quick sign up for the mailbag questions out there, I had a question tweeted at me from uh, Rick Goodman, and I went back later to add it to the mailbag, and it wasn't there. So, Rick, if you're listening or watching, it, it hit, hit me up in the Twitter DMs. I went back to find your question, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't track it down. Maybe I missed it, but uh, I remember seeing it and I set myself a reminder because I saw it when I was at the golf course and I was like, well, remind me to add Rick's question. And I went to go add it and it wasn't there. So uh, Rick hit me up. Last one here from uh, at Revenance underscore prophecy. That's a new one. I'd like to hear more on how you think Oregon should attack <laughs> on how you think Oregon should attack Washington defensively you only spoke on it a little bit at the end do you try and pressure him all game by sending blitzes at him constantly or do you only rush four i haven't seen hardly any pressures this year on Penix, and the times he does throw it deep they seem to always have max protection how do you stop washington from beating us deep well i mean it comes down to one-on-one matchups at some point like guys have to just not get beat like last year bennett williams twice got beat Straight like straight up long touchdowns. Over he gave up two touchdowns over 50 yards. You can't have that happen. As for getting pressure on Penix, you do need to be able to do it with four. Any great defense can. But I, I'm watching the way these other guys blitz. I mean, Jamal Hill yes. is awesome as a linebacker. Evan yeah. Williams is a fantastic blitzer. Kyrie Jackson had a couple of sacks against Stanford. Uh, Tyshim Johnson can blitz. I, I think you stay with the same game plan, which is you know, what you mentioned earlier, Ryan, Lanning is known for, you know, simulated and exotic pressures and, and bringing guys from all over the place. And I look at the speed of Kyrie Jackson or Dante Manning and uh, and I say, yeah, if, if, if you can bring them on a boundary corner blitz and you feel it's the right spot, don't be afraid. You, you, you can't be afraid and conservative defensively and sit with soft corners and, you know, let these Washington receivers get free releases and everything like that. Yeah, you got to stay over the top, but I, I, I think last year there was too much soft zone and there was not enough pressure on the quarterback and 
You, you cannot let Penix sit there and be comfortable. You have to find ways, whether that's just rushing four and winning one-on-ones or bringing pressure or probably both because that's what we've seen be effective this year. You've got to be able and be willing to play the style of defense that's gotten you to this point or else Penix will have too much time to throw because their offensive line has been really good this season. And we know if he's got time to throw, he's got great receivers, a great OC, and he's going to and he's gonna torch you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the prevent defense, right, only prevents you from winning. The idea <laughs> that trying to keep everything in front of you is great, but that's, you can't do that the whole game. You need to put pressure and you need to take some chances. I love when Dan Lanning takes chances offensively. He goes for it on fourth down. He'll uh, go for the fake punt. He'll, uh, you know, maybe uh, ha- have to do some sort of trick play, whether it's, a you know, some sort of back out the backfield who's throwing the ball or some sort of flea flicker. So he's proven that he's willing to take chances and willing to do things outside the box. You're going to do the same thing defensively. And this, you can't play a game like this straight up. It's too close. Washington's a little bit better with the pass. Oregon's a little better with the run. They're pretty much straight down the middle. You know, Bo Nix's stats look very similar to Mike Penix's stats. You know, Michael Penix is obviously thrown for more yardage, but, you know, they're very similar in the same sort of stratosphere. Um, and, you know, the, the, the running game, I think, is going to be the difference. I think if Oregon can maintain the run, I think they're going to really control the clock and they're going to control the game. And they're going to be the ones in charge of this thing. And I think whoever can really... You know, dominate the clock is going to be the team that's going to win it because, like we saw last year, you kept leaving time on the clock for this team. They could have just ran the thing out. They could have got the first down. They could have gone down and sealed the victory instead. Well, if they, they just got a touchdown on, you know, second or third and goal, then game's absolutely. over. Or even that fourth down where they, uh, you know, get the uh, yeah. Noah Winnington when he falls down. Whatever they, whatever it was, it could. I mean, so many different things there. My point being is, is that this game was really close last year, and I think both these teams last year were just one step back from where they are right now. I think last year they were both, you know, in the nine ten win category. This year, I think they're both in the eleven twelve win category. I agree. I yeah, I'm completely with you there. I mean, Washington was you know a a ten and two with a bull win, eleven and two team, and Oregon was a 10 and three team. And I think that's, you know, about what the ceilings were for, for those teams. I, I think, well, now I think Oregon ceiling was uh, higher than what they accomplished a year ago, but I, I think overall the ceiling for both these teams is 12 wins in the regular season and a college football playoff, yeah. not necessarily 12 and 0, but like maybe 11 and one pack 12 title yes. college football playoff. Like that's yes. what the ceilings are. And last year, you know, in retrospect, Washington had that, but they also lost to a three and nine Arizona state team. They played yeah. really good football after that, but you know, I think you look back and say, okay, they weren't, you know, quite there, but though they were, they were certainly uh, very, very close. Ryan Winter but, but, is but real oh, quick. Yeah, that's go ahead. Classic Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many times oh, have it's we vintage. seen that from us? It's vintage. For, I mean, <laughs> ASU did it to us in 2019. I mean, uh, we did it to Utah in 2019. <laughs> like it's just, it's nobody a tale. Can just get through. USC had it done to them a year ago by Utah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a tale. Same it's thing. a tale as old as time ryan winner at sports chat 503 youtube and twitter ryan appreciate it as always great stuff thank you buddy you're the best man appreciate everyone listening i will see you next time have a wonderful rest of your day and as always go ducks